Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Kruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today I'm joined by Natalie Glass, a new member of the Gigante community who has joined us recently in the last six months or so. Um, Spot Brio, a hotel that my friend Robbie Dahl started and a really cool couple, a nice addition to Gigante and I'm really happy to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Hello, thank you. It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> it's nice to have you too. Thank you for jumping on board on this little project and sharing your life with the world and in your new life here in Gigante. I mean, how, how has it been for you? You've been here six months or so now? Yes. Or longer? No, just about six months. And wow, it's a journey. <laughs> yeah? In what <laughs> every, way? Like, every day is a new day with different challenges while starting a business in a different country, um, just exploring and learning and yeah it's just different for me like i i was living on a boat on the ocean carefree and now i'm i'm here in one place but i love it because now the change is that all the people coming through all the travelers that's the movement and that's that for me is exciting and also the energy here in gigante is pretty amazing tell me more about that i mean we have talked a lot about Gigante in past episodes. A lot of the, your peers have been on my show, and we all kind of agree that Gigante has a sort of very special thing that attracts us and keeps us here. What is it for you specifically that you think really kind of made you decide, like, I want to buy this business. I want to make myself a part of this community. It's the energy. <laughs> Just your energy. You feel it. Okay. I feel it. Okay, that's a great answer. That's fine. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a beautiful beach, obviously. It's small little Pueblo. So they're, yeah. But just the vibe, yeah. I guess, it's something that you feel really um, in tune with, maybe. And the type of people that it attracts is people with a similar energy. So people that are looking deeper, looking for more meaning in life, looking for something different. Okay. And that energy I love. Interesting. Yeah. You mentioned you were on a boat, living on a boat. Were you working on a boat? Like as, you know, one of these, we had like Lisa Grimm on here who told, told us about her life working on these yachts, these super yachts. Is that yes, something you did? exactly that. I did it for six years. Oh, wow. Okay. Where yeah. were you based? Oh, mainly the Mediterranean, but also Seychelles and the Maldives. And I was chased by pirates. <laughs> no way. Yeah. What was that like? That was insane. I was actually in my cabin um, on the phone to my dad on Skype, and the drill went off, the alarm. Like, no, I'm used to it being a drill, but this time it was for real. And I was like, Dad, I think I've got to go. And I had to go up and um, check that everyone was there and then grab binoculars, and there were eight skips coming towards us, and we had armed security with us. And so they fired flares, we changed direction, we sped up, and... Luckily, they moved away. But we, we were all blacked out. It was nighttime. We were all blacked out, and we had, um, you know, like in the movie, um, uh, Phillips with Captain Phillips? Oh, okay. Yeah, so we had the, the water ready to be sprayed if they did come closer. 
Wow. Yeah, it was real. So, you, like, <laughs> with your armed guards, though, they don't—they're not armed themselves. Like, do they have guns? Would they yeah, have they shot? Yeah, they had guns. They would bring them into the crew mess where we'd all eat these massive guns. <laughs> wow! And yeah. these are hired hands from what country? Israel. Oh wow! Yeah. Is that pretty typical? Do you find most boats hire Israelis as yeah. their security? Yeah. Especially when you're going through there, because it's close for them to get on in Egypt. Okay, because they're yeah. going through that canal right there. Exactly. Oh, yeah. wow. And then you come through and you're going past Somalia and that's where all the pirates are. Okay. Yeah. And um, they would obviously probably hold you ransom trying to get, or would they take the boat and they're just trying to get the boat? You don't know. I have no idea, but we'd, we'd practice drills and we'd all go to the engine room and lock it from inside and lock ourselves inside. Okay. So I'm just glad it didn't get to that. Yeah. So that's the protocol. You go to the engine room, lock yourselves in there and just pray they can't get in the engine room. Yeah, and, and, and you can drive from the engine room. Oh, you can? Yeah. So you can, like, overpower the, the systems above deck and basically drive and keep control of the ship while you're in the engine room? Yeah. Oh, okay, I yeah. see. So yeah. that would be the ultimate, the end plan, but the captain would come last. Okay. But it never got to that, thank goodness. I can, I don't even want to, yeah, imagine what would have happened, but you were, what, a stewardess or a cook or a deckhand? At, or? at that stage, I was a second stew, so looking after service. Okay. Like looking after guests, making sure everyone's happy. And, yeah. yeah. Did we you like your experience? There were no guests on at that time. Oh, there weren't? It. Yeah. How big was the boat? 65 meters. Okay. Yeah. And it was a motorboat, obviously, not a sailboat. Yeah, a motorboat. Okay. Did you like that experience? I mean, six years, to stick around for six years, you must have liked it. <laughs> I did. It was fun. Yeah. It's fun to see the world and just be carefree and like your home travels wherever you are. And, yeah. But it's yeah. hard work. Oh, 17-hour days. Yes, it's hard work. But the pay is pretty good. Yeah, the pay is good, but you lose your life. Okay. You basically live to make sure that other people have the best holiday they could ever have. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. I made friends with all the crew, and I worked my way up, and I ended up being chief stew, and that's that's fun. You get to try the lovely thousand euro bottles of wine, and just to make sure it's okay. <laughs> of course, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and that's how you met Adam. No, I met Adam in London. So. My sister lives in London, and I used to always go to London on my holidays. Okay. But you're South African by birth? Yes, from Cape Town. Okay. How many, <laughs> I love traveling. Yeah. When did you leave? When I was 23, and now I'm 36, so a while ago. Yeah. What, yeah. And just traveling is what took you away from Cape Town? Well, I, I left to go to Scotland to work on a ski resort, but the day I was leaving, I got an email from them saying there was no snow. And so they didn't have work for me. So I ended up going to London to, to my sister. And then, yeah, I just ended up working. I moved around England a bit to the south where I learned surfing. And and then, yeah, I did London for two years. And after that, I couldn't handle the cold. Mm-hmm. So I went to Thailand and taught English to Thai kids. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good option for a lot of people to get out, get out in the world and it kind of safe, easy first step, you know, have that organized before you get there, a teaching position in Asia, and you can kind of ease your way into the whole travel lifestyle or expat lifestyle. Exactly. And it's fun, like, working with kids and actually seeing them progress. And Mm -hmm. some of them really wanted to learn English, and that was great. That is cool. So you had two years there? Two years there, and then got bored of that. (laughs) And then I that's when I went and found the boats. Oh, okay. So yeah. you sought out the boats after you did the teaching thing. And where were we based in Thailand? In a place called Hua Yin. It's 
on, it's like three hours south of Bangkok on the east coast. So on the water though? Uh, no, like not an island, but yeah, on the, yeah. But it's on the coast right there in the the Gulf or whatever that is. Yeah. Is that a Gulf? Do you call that a Gulf or? That side, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Thailand's so oddly shaped. It's like so skinny (laughs) for so long and it just bulks up at the top. Yeah. I love Thailand. I can't wait to go back. Uh, where have you been? Um, around a bit, actually. I lived up in Pai for a while, and um, I traveled with John back in the day down in the south as well, and then around to, like, Krabby area, and then oh, nice. a few islands. Amazing. I don't remember the islands' names, but that was on the, another coast closer to Cambodia. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's one of the best places in the world to travel. It's easiest for sure, I'd say. Yeah. Um, they definitely, and it's cheap. Yeah, they have the travel game down, and the yeah. food's good, and they're super friendly and welcoming, and yeah, I really enjoy that culture a lot. Yeah. I could see myself retiring there. Yeah, and a lot of Buddhists, like, just welcome everybody mm-hmm. kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah, they are very. But I think just because you're Buddhist doesn't mean that you're naturally like that. Like, I've been to a lot of Buddhist countries that were extremely violent, <laughs> you know, and everyone's True. Buddhist. True, So it's just... I think also it's their culture, you know, just yeah. how they are as people too, which yeah. I really like a lot. Um, so then let's maybe transition into, you know, you met Adam. Um, how'd you meet him? Your now husband. Yes. So we, we met through a friend. So I used, when I lived in London, I worked at a place called Wembley Arena, which is where I did all the marketing for like Madonna, George Michael, big events at this arena. And my boss was a guy called Lee, and he was, he once worked with Adam in a bar. And so Adam was at this stage living in Spain when I was working with Lee. So I never met Adam when I lived in London. But then when I moved to Thailand, Adam moved back. And eventually it all came back to when I, when I started coming back to visit my sister in London. I would see Lee, and Lee would bring Adam with. And so we'd, every time I'd come to London, maybe two, three times a year, we would all, like, hang out. But then it started with a game. When I was traveling on the boats, I would send a picture, a photo, just, like, out of the portal or wherever we were, and saying, guess where I am, and just making them guess. And they'd have no idea, but Lee would cheat sometimes because he'd see on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> but that's how our friendship grew because it was actually three of us, it was – well, four of us, Lee, Sam, Adam, and I would play the game and through email. And then Adam and I, our friendship grew. And how we finally got together is another very long story. Well, let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> so um, it starts with I decided to resign at my job on the boat. Mm-hmm. And when that, I just felt this energy like, okay, it's time to leave. I've done six years. I've done one year on this boat. And I don't know what, but I, I felt like this energy shift. Yeah. So I trusted my intuition and I resigned and I left and I went back to London. And at this time, my brother got leukemia. Okay. So I was looking after him because I, I'm a Reiki master practitioner. And so I was doing healing on him and, and trying different other techniques to try help him. And just be there, you know. Yeah, of course. It's for him and my family. And um, it was pretty tough. And I missed it. Like, I hadn't let Lee and Adam know I was in London. And I'd been there three weeks, like, nonstop. Um, and then I was like, hey, guys, it would be really cool to catch up. And we, and so I, I was on the tube to go meet them. 
Mm-hmm. And while I was on the tube, I got a like a message, like psychic or whatever you want to call it, intuition. Mm-hmm. And the message was, when the guys say, come to Spain, you've got to go. Okay. So when I got there and I met them, they said, come to Spain. And, and I, like, but you didn't, they, you didn't talked about this prior, like they were going to ask you. Okay. So when I was still on the boat, I got an email from them saying, Oh, in like four months time, we're going to go to Spain. You should come. And I was like, no, there's no way I'm going to okay. come. Gotcha. And that was it. We hadn't spoken again. Okay. So, so then they asked me, then I just literally handed over my phone and my credit card. I was like, book me on the same flight as you. I'm coming. And we went for five days. So forwarding to like on the flights, heading to Spain. I, I kind of sense angels. Mm-hmm. And as the plane door was closing, we were right at the front of the plane, was closing. And then I felt like this angel protection was in the plane with us. And I was like, oh, gosh, is something going to go wrong in the plane? And then mm-hmm. the answer was no. So I was like, okay, good. So we're good. So I forgot about it. And we got to Spain and we had a lovely first night. And the next day we, we had paella and went to the beach. And then we were swimming in the pool. It was like sunset. And Adam dove into the pool, and I'm not sure how it all happened, but somehow it was all misjudged, or maybe we were in the way, but he hit his head, mm-hmm. and when he came up, he had a massive crack opening on his skull, mm-hmm. like and blood pouring out, and he, he just said, oh, I think I bit my tongue, and Lee and I were like, well, it's more than that, and so we had to like gently move him out, get him lying down, and he was in pain, and... Luckily, you could still feel his legs. Well, we didn't notice at this point. Okay. So I was just, I grabbed his head and was like giving him Reiki healing. And he was still really there, like he was in control. He said, mm-hmm. Guys, you got to get steri strips and you got to get my head closed because it's bleeding so much. So, and he said, You got to call my friend who's a craniosacral therapist. Okay. So we, that guy came and he's amazing. He's helped a lot of people. And so he came and, and did some, some magic. And Lee and I went off and bought steri strips and we didn't get enough the first round. So we went and cleared out every other pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I put the steri strips on Adam's head. And while I was holding his head, I got this like sudden feeling right through my entire body. Like this is my soulmate. If he's going to be in a wheelchair, it doesn't matter. We're going to be together forever. Okay. And so I, I, and you had never felt this way about him before this. No. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Keep going, please. <laughs> like, he was my mate. And yeah. now he was like, all of a sudden, this is the one. And yeah. it's insane. Yeah. So, um, yeah, luckily then he tested his hands and feet. He could move. And he asked his friend, who's the craniosacral therapist, like, should we go to the hospital? And, he, and basically it wasn't a good idea. If he moved too much, it could be worse mm-hmm. so we kind of moved him just to the bed which was nearby and he lay there and the next day we we got to take we like his friend came picked him up again and took him to the hospital and he had a no a, he had x-rays and scans and all of that mm-hmm. and they said oh like you're fine you're, no broken you're, bones no you're not nothing's broken so they gave him an injection and he felt really high and fine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, he was really, he was bad. He was mm-hmm. in a lot of pain. So this, so, so Lee and I needed to go back to London because I had already booked in like a 
yoga teacher training and the spiritual workshop in Costa Rica. So I needed to get back. Mm -hmm. So we left him and, um, just to cut the story a little bit, basically I was got, went off to Costa Rica, was doing my spiritual courses. And after six weeks, Adam left Spain to go back to England and had a proper MRI. Mm -hmm. And he broke his back in three places. Okay. His neck had gone out and back in due to the craniosacral therapy. Oh. And, um, oh, and the nurses, when he'd gone to the Spanish hospital, had said, Oh, we're not going to stitch your head up because whoever did your, your head the first time did it really well. So it was my strips that have stitched his head back together. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so, so basically his back was broken, but because they hadn't told him that in Spain, they hadn't, they hadn't, noticed it he didn't have that like feeling in his body like oh i've broken my back so he, so i believe that mind over matter he believed he was well he he was he looked after himself he he didn't like do a lot he sat most days just sitting up straight and he was in a lot of pain but he healed and he healed in like two months from a broken back hmm. and there's nothing you can actually do with that but that was the beginning of Adam and I getting together. And, That's cool. Yeah, and then I was in Costa Rica and we were chatting every day. And we, yeah, we just knew we were meant to be together. Mm -hmm. And when I came back from Costa Rica, it was like, like it was just perfect. That's cool. So you uh, obviously shared your epiphany, um, your intuition <laughs> with him, like immediately, like while he's bleeding on the ground. Like, did you just blurt it out or like, did you wait? <laughs> it's quite funny because I think I did. Okay. He said that I told him later on that, that evening. Okay, so the same day. Yeah. It wasn't I, like six months later. It was like you came forward with it right away, said this yeah. is what is going to happen. He was on board, obviously. <laughs> yeah. He didn't like say that I don't have the same feelings for you. <laughs> no, he, I mean, he was a bit like, well, I've got a broken, like my back's hurting and all this is going on. But, you know, li life is the way it happens. It's, mm -hmm. Sometimes things have to happen to release certain energy and karma so that you can start your new life. Right. I do say that sometimes, not in that way, but just that, you know, life sometimes will push you in the direction you need to go, whether you want to go in that direction or not. Yes. And it's interesting. Like I know for myself, I've definitely had moments where I definitely didn't want to do something. I really tried hard to avoid doing it. And then just life was like, no, you have to do this and you do it and you realize, Oh, I had to go home when I had to go home because my mom, I didn't know it was sick. And then sure enough, she does pass away, but I got to spend a year with her and I, desperately didn't want to go home i really just felt like it wasn't the right thing for me but life was like no you're going home you're broke and it's time to go home and be with your family you know yeah so can i ask did your is your brother still with us yes that's amazing that's yeah. great he's well and he's at college and it's amazing that's yeah. wonderful so i mean can I, how, how bad was the leukemia that he had did he have to go through like a year or two of radiation treatment, all that stuff. Or? Yeah, yeah. So and it was pretty bad. Bone marrow transplant, which okay. was really tough. And that took, which is wonderful. That's cool because sometimes yeah. it doesn't work, and they exactly. Oh, he's amazing, and That's he's an cool. inspiration. That sounds super cool and inspiring. Can I ask? You know, you've touched a lot upon your energy, feelings, your energy work, um, your senses of sensing angels and stuff like that. Was that something that you've had since you were little, or? Yes. Yeah. Ever since you were little, you kind of felt like this intuition, if you will, or whatever you want to call it, that you, well, you had more of a connection yeah. to certain things. Yeah. My mom said that um, I used to like 
when I was younger, I would just like talk to the beings around me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've just felt, I feel like this light energy in my whole body gets goosebumps and it comes through my crown and it, like my hands get really super hot and then I see auras and colors and all of this happens. Like when, when I first started seeing auras, when I was working in a coffee shop, um, I would see people walking past in the shopping mall and I was like, it's the etheric body. So it's like the light that is around everybody. Mm-hmm. And it, when you walk, it kind of like, it's just like a split second behind you. Okay. And so I found that fascinating. And I started reading a lot of spiritual books. And so it got like my intuition got strong and, um, I was wondering what was wrong with my eyes. Like I was seeing a lot of like fuzzy stuff and energy and, so I went to, to the optometrist mm-hmm. and they tested my eyes and they said, no, I've got 20-20 vision. It's all good. And then I went to a chiropractor who's also a healer, who's psychic. And he said, no, you, you've got, you, you can channel and you're just seeing the energies that's around people. It's normal. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And so then when you kind of started learning about that through your sounds like your chiropractic friend, you started to cultivate it more and practice, if you will. I mean, is this something you get better at with time and knowledge of your gift? Or is it something that you just have and it remains at the same power stage? Or I don't know. like. Yeah, well, I like. I guess it's gotten stronger. But for me, it's. I, I've always had this feeling that there's something more than just this physical existence. So mm. that's what drove me to just every year. I've done more and more like courses, workshops, studying, like going inside and exploring like through Vipassana, which is silent retreats and through, um, like I, when I was 18, I did my first, um, training to become a aura healer. And when I did that course, when, um, like we had to finish off by working on a client of my teacher and I, I was working on her feet and she had had gangrene and I all of a sudden got to see the whole reason of why she got the gangrene or what the problem is and that if she doesn't sort that problem out, it's going to go to the other leg. Mm. And so that teacher, because she saw that I can see and I can, I've got this gift that she took me under her wing. And so, so that's what really helped me ex- like move fast and forward with being able to channel more light and understand it more. I see. And when you, when you were taken under her wing and she mentored you, does she have the same gift? Like, does everyone who have has the gift that you have, like, have the same gift? Or is it, um, do people have different uh, talents? See where I'm going? Like, yeah. so she noticed that you had yeah. a special gift, but how does she then mentor you? Like, yeah, because we're all different. And every single one of us sees through, like, a different veil. We see through different eyes. So, so she, her gift is probably different, I, I think. We're all one and we all come from the same source and the same vibration, like the, but we're different in these bodies and we see it differently. So I guess different. And so what would she do then to help you kind of, um, develop this, this talent of yours? She just let me come and do all her workshops for free. Um, and so like psychic development, meditation, more healing, mm-hmm. um, that kind of a thing. So I just got to, to join in on all of them. More exposure for 
yeah, you didn't have to pay as much money because yeah. some of these are very expensive. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it doesn't allow people to maybe develop their gifts as much because it's so expensive. Yeah. So that was really nice of her. Yeah. And, and I was young. I was like just out of school. So. Okay. Yeah. So when you were just out of school, did you go to a special school or did you go to your standard like university or college yeah. or whatever? No, I, I did a degree in marketing. Oh, you did? Yeah. So I was like business grounded, get all like marketing degree. And while I was doing that, in my on my weekends doing like spiritual training and and all of that and then working at a coffee shop and one day I was working and a, a psychic lady came to the restaurant and she pulled me and she said do you know that you're born on you've come to earth to help with ascension you've got 120 angels working with you you've got the same gift as me you can see and it all starts with yoga and because she said yoga, I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing yoga. And that's when I started. Oh, really? And now I'm a yoga teacher, like all these, like 18 years later. Do but, you like yoga? Was it something that you found yourself connected with? Or was it just like you knew you had to do it because this is where it all starts for you and, and your gift? Well, because she said it, I was like, okay, I've got to do it. And then I loved it. I was like, wow, I can't believe I've never done this before. Yeah. And, and wherever I've lived, like in Thailand or on the boats, yoga just love yoga because it's a way for the body to to heal and release energy that's stuck mm -hmm. and it's a meditation and it's the breath it's like a whole the whole package it's everything beautiful yeah beautiful so did you ever try to make it a more of a career i know you do your your um or or not or sorry your um reiki yeah like a side job if you will yeah. did you ever try to go full-time into that field or one of those fields no, like I, when I did my yoga teacher training in Costa Rica, then I was like, I'm doing this just for me. Mm -hmm. And then when Adam and I bought the van in Florida, um, and started traveling across America and then we traveled across, um, like through Central America, that's when I started like teaching yoga, like just to whoever wanted to join in a class. And so I started building up my confidence and really started enjoying it. And then I was like, ah, oh, I like teaching yoga. It's not just for me. But yeah, it just came out of nowhere. Like that wasn't the plan. Okay. And you and Adam started an adventure together, you said, in um, America where you bought a van. Yeah, our Chevy Astro that we've just sold today. <laughs> Today? Yeah. Literally? Literally today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. I don't know. Maybe probably bittersweet. It is. I had a cry. I had a tear. But you know what? It, the van's going to have more adventures. And we had so much fun. That's cool. So you bought it in where? Florida? In Florida, yeah. Um, and you drove it with an intention of making it down to Nicaragua? Or did you have a destination? Yeah, or? we were aiming to get to Costa Rica. We loved Santa Teresa. And we wanted to like buy raw land. And so that I could have run workshops and Reiki and Adam could have a bar, like a little tiki bar. That was just like kind of the plan, but not like a set plan. We were always open to if we find something along the way that we fall in love with. Yeah, let's go with the flow. Okay. Yeah. And you kind of didn't actually, I mean, talking about interesting encounters, like you encountered me on one of your first days here yeah. when you were going to think about camping on Amarillo. Yeah. And I was walking back. From a surf, and you both asked if it was safe to camp, and I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. Did you camp? Wind up camping out there, or did you come back into town? We came back into town. Okay, yeah, I was one of your little angels. <laughs> you were definitely. 
Um, and it's not completely unsafe. Of course, there's tons of people who do it, but there had been robberies of recent. So that's why I discouraged it. Thank um, you. <laughs> no, and that's so interesting when you think back and then now you're here and you, you did buy Bria, which is a nice hotel on the hill. And you're running it with the intention of trying to bring retreats down to perpetuate more of your, your healing um, seminars? Yeah, like that would be perfect. When we build like a, a palapa, a beautiful space where I can hold the workshops and have people come and, and I want to do chakra workshops. I really want to help people to go within and to know their own body, to understand if something feels not right, what that means, how to work on it, what needs releasing, give people tools to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. Like not just to rely on outside things, but to actually know how to go within and to help themselves. And so, yeah, I'm going to be doing my first chakra workshop. It will be a one-day workshop. It won't be a brio because we haven't built the the palapa yet, but um, it'll be in Popoyo at a friend's place. And... Yeah, but coming soon to Brio. Very cool. I'm already teaching yoga there and giving lots of Reiki. I bought a massage table and and just bringing through the light and helping to help other people to access it. Um, I had experience once with Reiki. My mom was very much in alternative healing and medicines and all these sorts of things. And she uh, had a friend who was a Reiki, what do you, Reiki? Reiki master. Reiki master. Yeah. And so lay down on the table, laying there, she's doing it over me. And like, I had the most incredible pain in my back. Yeah. I was laying flat on my back. I never really ever had too many back problems, but like my lower back was so painful just to lay there still. And I kind of expressed her I'm like, this is really painful. I don't think I can sit, sit through this whole 45 minute hour Reiki session. And I just kind of got up and left. I was like 18 at the time. Yeah. And she told my mom after that I wasn't very open to the uh, <laughs> to the Reiki, so it couldn't, it wasn't going to work on me or something like that. Oh well, maybe but, you can try it again with me. No, I'm always open to it. I'm, I find this stuff interesting too. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk more about intuition because that is something that I have really tried to develop within myself over the years. I used to practice on the boats, um, taking people surfing. You know, where did my intuition? tell me I should go surf versus I'm always using the internet to determine like swell direction, everything like that. Brilliant. But it's like, I get on the boat, I go out the bay and I'd look like North, look South, like where am I going to get the most waves from my clients today? And I check my gut and I would go in that direction or that direction. And you know, sometimes right, sometimes not, yeah. but always just trying to be very aware of that sensation yeah. right when you like check your gut and then cause your mind always jumps in. It's like searching for other little feelings yes. too. And then you get, it just all gets distorted. You don't know which feeling was the right one. <laughs> the first one's the it's right one. Always the first one, but sometimes yeah. it's subtle and you, it's not yeah. a powerful one always, you know, yeah, a lot no. of times it's not. So what is it like for you? Well, the gut, I love that you say that cause it really is there. So in your second chakra, your sacral chakra, it's, it's your belly, you know, and it's, it's called the Dantian. It's the second brain. It's got senses that that know like what is right, what is wrong, what which way. I mean, there's no really right or wrong, but which path would be good for you in that moment. And so for me, I go with the first thing that comes through. Like always just trust it fully. And like that's what we did with the van, traveling the whole way. We never once had a break-in. We never anything. Like, 
once we were driving somewhere in America, I can't remember where, and I was like, Adam, you have to turn, you have to get off this road now. You have to turn right now. And he was like, okay. And he trusts my intuition. And I got him and I was, I was like, stop, stop the car, stop the car. And we stopped. And then two minutes later, the, ro- the road that we would have got down was uh, blocked off, ambulance, fire brigade, everything just kept flying down. And I was like, whew, okay. And then I asked, like, I speak to the angels as well. So I asked them, I'm like, can we move? Yes, okay. And then we, we, we head on our way, which way can we go? And literally I'm like, okay, try, turn left, turn right. And that was the same with like where we should park at night. Cause like it's sometimes dangerous if you're just parking up anywhere. And it was quite funny. We'd, we asked for extra protection twice. And both those times when I asked the universe for extra protection, we got police knocking on the door. Like, are you guys okay? No way. Yeah. So this sounds like a daily thing for you. Like this is how you walk through life. Yes. Checking your intuition basically every step of the way. Yeah. And then is Adam looking to you to make decisions <laughs> yes. at all times now? Well, not all times because he trusts us as well. Yeah. But like often he's like, hey, are you in tune? We, you need to channel. Like help me out with this question. And yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying using the intuition that we are all given and that we can all connect with, but we just need to know how. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so the Gigante's energy is what you knew this would be the right spot to do what you want to do. And then Brio's energy was the same. Like you felt that Brio was going to be the location that you needed to buy here in Gigante. Uh, it's a funny story. Cause so we're driving in the van and we're in um, El Salvador and we crossed the border with some friends who we'd met in Guatemala and um, I just, we, so we're hanging out. We spent like two nights there. And the, that morning we'd just done yoga. And I got this feeling in my gut, like, uh, we need to move. We need to move today. So I was like, Adam, we got to go. And he's like, oh, oh, it's so nice here. Like, let's hang with the guys. I'm like, no, I don't know what it is. And I said, but this is an intuition that's telling me that it's for something really positive that's going to happen to us. And so we kept moving. And I, and I kept getting this like, not anxiety, but we can feel it as that. It's like an excitement in the belly. And so I was like, okay, we got to keep moving. So we kept moving and moving and moving. And then the day that we were going to go to, we were going to go to Managua and then like Papoyo and all this, and I just got sick. So we couldn't go to Managua. We were going to go buy parts for the van so we could just drive into Costa Rica. So I got sick. We couldn't do it. We'd, we had to go to Papoyo and then move from Papoyo to Gigante. And we... We'd been chatting with Bo, um, like who showed us Brio. We'd been chatting like a year before. And so we connected with him and we're like, Hey, you know, we're coming to Gigante. Um, we'd like to see some land or anything you've got just like for comparison for Costa Rica. And we were sitting with Bo in Party Wave, which is now Cafe Cicada. And my jaw locked up in pain. I couldn't speak anymore. And I felt so sick and I'd never asked Adam if I could move out of the van because they love living in the van. But I had to move out of the van. So both took us to Dale Daggers and for the first time I moved into a room and, and that's where we ended up staying for a month while we were looking at Brio. But what happened was because I was sick, then we had to stay and take time and Adam went and looked at Brio. Like we, Adam was like, no, 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 I want to see raw land. And Bo was like, let me just show you this hotel. And when Adam saw it, he's like, oh, I got to show Natalie. So 
when he came back and explained it, the next day I felt better and I went to see it. And I was on the land and I was like, wow, I didn't get like a definite yes or a no. I just got like, there's something magical. There's something in the energy. And it's like, I don't, I didn't know it. And I think it's because we had to go through like a bit of a challenge to, to, in order to know that we truly wanted it. We had to like ask lots of questions and like figure it all out. And then when we got it, it was just like, this is right. This is meant to be. And Brio is just so perfect because it's got the fire pit, which has a portal of energy, which can allow like, Angels and high spirits can come in and out of this space. Mm -hmm. And that's why we hold meditation around there. And I know I was taught by many psychics when I was younger that when I'm, when I'm older, when I'm ready, I'm going to have a place. They're like, it's kind of like a healing center, but it's not. And that is Brio because we're not all just about healing. I love a drink and I love a good cocktail and I love to have a party and I love to have a dance and have a laugh and just be social and that's that's like how Adam and I are. We believe in the balance of life. So like do yoga in the morning and then meet with your friends at the bar in the evening and watch the sunset with cocktails. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, don't take life so seriously. Don't be like, oh, I've just got to only do yoga and get on the strict diets and be hard on myself. And you got to just have a little bit of fun too. You're on earth to explore and experience. And so that's Brio. It's just that. <laughs> and so it's perfect. I'm so happy. That's cool. I can see it on your face. You're smiling <laughs> huge, folks. Um, what was your intuition when you sat down here with me today about this and me? So chilled. Like, if just like comfortable and trusting. Really? Yeah. Like, I was, didn't have worry. That's cool. I had like a little bit of like tension and anxiety. I don't know. I don't know what it was because I don't have any reason to feel like that, but I could feel like this like kind of anxious t- energy in my stomach. And I don't know. I still don't know what it was. Maybe I was picking up on your energy or something like that. That and is it gone now? Yeah, it's gone. Oh, so. But like, I don't usually get nervous for these oh, things, wow. and I wasn't nervous, but it was definitely like a uh, something going on with me. So wow! And often when I'm working, not always, but mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm working on clients, I I can feel in my body what they feel. Yeah, of so course. You're in tune, so maybe before I got you, yeah, before I got you, I was like, ah, oh, like nervous, excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe you absorbed that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, I don't know. That was cool, though. And I'm glad we kind of navigated through that conversation in that way where we kind of brought out that, those different points. And I think, you know, for a lot of listeners out there who are, you know, driving to work right now to a job they hate, you know, there's a reason you probably hate it and that intuition if you start paying close attention on your drive, thinking about, you know, different places you might want to be, those thoughts can also trigger like an intuition, sort of like green light, red light, you know? So picture yourself in the future, in your ideal situation, and then the steps to get there. And you can kind of check your intuition with, are these the right steps in order for me to accomplish that goal? I do that a lot. Like just picturing myself and the goals I have for myself and the steps I want to utilize to get them. But every step that I might think is going to get me there isn't always the, the perfect step. So checking my intuition, saying like, okay, just with a little mental image of it. Yeah. Do you ever do stuff like that? Totally. Um, I ask like, um, should I do this? And I wait for a yes or no. And okay. it comes immediately. And it's in your stomach? It's in my stomach sometimes, but it's kind of like I, I see it or I, I don't know how to explain that. It's all right. It feels like a yes, like... 
It's like an energy of okay. yes or no. Okay. Yeah. But it's not related necessarily to like an anxiety, which would be a no and like a peaceful, joyful feeling. No. So then I'm not feeling it in my belly. No. Okay. Yeah. Because I definitely get the whole like when I call the same thing sometimes. And if I'm at, if it's peaceful, like today, for example, got super drunk last night, unexpectedly had, had a, like a French, a friend here who wanted to surf, a super slept in, felt so bad. I was late. He went and I actually was down at, um, cool places to stay and asked Huli, did George go surf? He's like, no, he went fishing. So in my mind, he'd gone fishing. I didn't, he knew I flaked on him. I felt bad about it, but he'd gone fishing. And so I get back here. And have anxiety about this because I feel like a dick. And then I'm like, maybe I should just go and see like if he went surfing. And I got a really nice, warm, peaceful feeling about that. Like I should just get my surfboard together and go. And like that was a nice, peaceful feeling. And then I'm like, no, you have to work today. And that anxiety. Uh, and there yeah. wasn't internet. So I'm like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden internet came on. His message comes up. He's like, I'm going surfing. So then I'm knowing like I need to go surfing. Yeah. You know? It just reaffirmed like yes. that, that peacefulness that I had when I thought about, I should go surf with him. Like yeah. that was the right answer <laughs> rather than trying to be like intellectual and be like, no, you got to work, dude. Like, and you already knew it before. I knew you it knew before. It. I thought he had gone fishing. Yeah. Something inside me said, no, get your stuff and go, you know, but I was trying to logically think like, no, that's not the right. And yeah, man, the mind gets involved. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a pretty thing, my mind, sometimes. It does not very well. <laughs> all helpful. of us. We all, every single human being, we all have a mind that is kind of like a wild horse. And we, we gently and slowly tame it and just notice the thoughts. And instead of like letting them affect us so much, we kind of like just watch them and become observers. So they're just not so as intense as they can be. Right. Yeah. yeah. Identification with the mind is, is yeah. not a healthy thing for me. <laughs> no. For anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have Hotel Brio. You have um, these healing retreats that you will be starting here at what time? When? Like, how can people learn more about you, Brio, your hotel, what you do? Well, I guess, like, when it's starting, then just keep an eye on um, on Hotel Brio on, like, the Facebook or on our website, hotelbrio.com or namastelight.co.za. I'll do updates. Um, but as soon as as soon as I have my first workshop, I'll put it on Facebook. Great. Yeah. Well, yeah. Natalie Namaste as well. Natalie Namaste. On Facebook. On Facebook, they yeah. can find you. Yeah. And then y'all yeah, put all those show notes. And I just want to thank you for being such a wonderful guest and sharing your story with us. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to... Choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new. To live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.